It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. It's in the morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. So it happens to be the Sunday right after Valentine's Day, and I see you're all sitting there looking at me. How was your Valentine's weekend, everybody? You all have fun? All loved out? All of that, right? Hmm. Well, I'm not going to ask what you did. That's between you and your Valentine. <laughs> But I am gonna ask you I am gonna ask you what happened. <laughs> I am gonna ask if you had a good time and if you felt like you completed what you were supposed to do and that you did however what you were supposed to do, right? That that's really all that matters at the end of the day is that we all get a chance to live our lives out loud. And we get a chance to be able to uh, do the things that we want to do. You know, I was on a radio show last night, and we were talking about how important it is that women today and men today, how important it is for all of us to get a chance to be who we want to be and uh, to love as we want to love, to be loved, yeah? Remember that song some years ago, to love and be loved in return is the only thing my heart desires. That's kind of true, isn't it? I want to talk about that a little bit today because I know a lot of us have questions about love, especially if in your case, love did not turn out the way you wanted it to on Valentine's Day. Maybe you found yourself in a situation where you couldn't even get the love you wanted. Maybe the person whom you loved didn't reciprocate or maybe they weren't as interested or it wasn't as intense. Or sometimes we think that the way we love someone is the same way we want it back in return, right? And we think that that's what makes love and sometimes it really isn't because no two people love alike. Love alike. And it is a very rare thing when you actually find yourself loving someone who loves you just as much as you love them. That's a rare thing. And when it is, when you find it, hold on to it and treat it for all that it is, right? Because it's worth it, right? It's worth it. And I want to talk a little bit about that today because the story I'm talking about surrounds a British, uh, a British reality talk show host. I'm sure by now most of you have heard the story. 
uh, who died, who killed herself, who took her own life, unfortunately, uh, yesterday. Uh, and it, it's something to talk about. Her name is Carolyn Slack. She's 40 years old, and she's the former host of the UK-based Love Island television program. And uh, she committed suicide the day after Valentine's Day. Kind of sad, right? And uh, there, you know, in asking ourselves, why did this happen? How did this happen? I began to look, delve into how does love work out? What does love look like and feel like for some of us? And when is love not enough to heal their hurt? We all, we're, we're grown, right? We're all grown folks. So we all have issues. We've all loved people who didn't love us back. We have all been in love or been around love. So we have some idea of what love is. Uh, so I, I wanted to talk about it, and especially from the perspective that what do you do when love is, is not enough? What, what, what do you do when love is not enough? When you find that the person whom you love does not love you as much as you wanted them to. And it's kind of interesting because uh, look at, for instance, uh, the story of Valentine. It's Cupid. And we celebrate Valentine's because it is the season of love. And uh, we celebrate it because love, we've been told by the poet, is the greatest thing. We have experienced love. If you have experienced love, it comes with a certain feeling of serialness. It's almost heavenly. It makes you feel good. It's almost as if you're floating. That time when you discover you love someone. And then more importantly, when love is reciprocated. And so as we look at how love is, we all walk into love ex- with expectations. Whether the person, whether you're Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, we're human. And so love is a projection of our humanity. It's how we feel. It's common to the human spirit, and it's common to human nature. There's nothing wrong with love. That's why sometimes folks say it's not, it's who you love. It's who you love. So you love someone. There are different types of love. There's romantic love. There's the love between a mother, between parents, parents and children. There is love between siblings. There's even love between friends. But this kind of love we're talking about is erotic love, the love that romantic love, the love that exists between two people who find themselves wanting to be together. I was on a radio show last night, and I was talking about Kobe Bryant and his, and his wife, uh, who seemed to have remained in love for 20 years, that even up until the time of his death, they still appeared to be in love and still seemed to have a solid relationship that was based on love. So that, when you look at uh, examples like that, it tells you that if you start off with love, you probably are going to end up in a good place. He may, he's dead now, he's died, and is deceased, but the love, the memory of it is still there, right? And so when you look at that, that's a great, that's a good example because it's still the test of time. I mean, he had challenges through his life, and the love was still there. Have you ever watched a commercial, and it's one of my favorite commercials about this, is two people who are older, they're in their 70s, and they're holding hands and walking down the street. That's what we all want, to think that you're going to age 
but you're aging with someone whom you feel safe, secure with, someone who makes you, you don't have to worry about whether or not they hate you, are they going to come back at you? Because nowadays, love doesn't seem to stand the test of time. Have you all noticed that? And we're all nodding our heads. People come into our lives, they tell us they love us, but when challenges arise, they disappear. Where do they go? Challenges arise and they're gone. Suddenly, they don't love you anymore. You get sick, they're gone. You lose a job, they're gone. You lose your business, they're gone. Where did the love go? Today, love does not seem to stand the test of time. And this is for both of us. This is for women and men. People come into our lives and it seems as if they love what we have. They love our access. They love that we have platforms and we have a circle of influence that they can take advantage of. People come into our lives because they're looking for something you have. You have financial security. You can, they can ride in a private jet. They can just ride on your income. <laughs> you have a house that they can sleep in, right? People come into your lives because you can help them get a job. So it seems as if nobody is being true to what love is. And when the going gets tough, guess what? The tough get going. They leave when stuff goes wrong. You get married and you promise to love, but as soon as she starts gaining weight, you start looking elsewhere at the younger mother. Then you leave her for the younger mother. Then she's heartbroken. I want to say the same feeling that it takes to love someone, it tells us that people are what? Vulnerable. People are people. People have feelings. And people do get hurt. In the case of the story, the woman we're talking about, Carolyn, uh, she's no longer with us. She took her own life the day after Valentine's Day. Well, what's the backstory story that? She was wildly successful. Uh, she was an actor. She had hosted other TV shows. In fact, her personality catapulted this reality show into, into national syndication and around the world. Well, she was dating someone. He was 27 years old. And they broke up in December. And something happened, and he accused her of assaulting, assaulting him. Uh, because of the publicness of her life, naturally the assault became public. It destroyed her. The producers of the show removed her from the show pending the results of a trial that would take place in March. So this coming March, in a few weeks, there was going to be a trial where the assault was going to become public. She took her life before that. Can you imagine? You're 40 years old. You say you like someone, he's 27. And something happens, and he insists that he's going to go to court. And some of you guys are saying, well, it's backlash. It's what men forever go through. Yes, two wrongs still don't make a right. It's still wrong, right? I don't know what happened. I don't know if she beat him up. I don't know if she assaulted him to the extent where he fell. But quite frankly, it, it is very hard for a woman to say a man, for, 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 a woman, for a man to say a woman assaulted him if she didn't use a gun or a knife. I could see if she pulled out a gun and shot him. I could see if she had used a knife to stab him. But it comes down to my word against your word. And in the meantime, her whole life is demolished. Don't use Harvey Weinstein. He's not comparable. <laughs> That's not a comparable analogy to me. 
the analogy here is that she was the most powerful one in the relationship. And when she told him to get out of her house, he perceived it as having lost access to all that her personhood would have availed to him. Being with her provided him with access to powerful people who could help him in his career. So when she left, when she told him to leave, naturally, he's not going to just sit there and say, you know, bye-bye. He's going to sit there and say, really? He's going to get back at her. The fact that he didn't drop the charges meant that he wanted to take her down as much as possible. He wanted the trial, wanted it to go to trial, because at the trial, he's going to get a chance to tell the whole world how bad she is. And how bad she is because it would have totally destroyed her. When you look at something like that, it's very hard for her to come back after that. Because if you feel compromised, that you should have known better. Here you are, you took up someone who was years younger than you are. And you're going to look at it as if you are culpable in it. She's as much a victim as he is. If he claims to be a victim, that is. Because that's what he was claiming, that she assaulted him. So he was enjoying his time in the press because it meant that people were talking about him so he could go knock on doors to get a gig. That's love as currency. That's not love. That's love as currency. So you get a chance to go through this, and then it's Valentine's Day, and you realize that, damn, I'm alone. Damn, I messed up my life. Now I don't even have my career. Everything that I've done is now in in question because of this one thing. And now suddenly, what you thought was love, you realized was hurt and was not enough. So now what? You feel as if you have no other choice. So what are you going to do? We've all been there. We've all experienced loss as it relates to love. That seems incomparable. That seems like you can't get out of it. But you have to come back stronger. And you have to rise up, even a breakup. I know there were people who got broken up the day before Valentine's. That, that, that's kind of like a playbook. That's a player's playbook. He just doesn't want to be around your Valentine's or be held accountable because he's not going to spend the money to buy any gifts. So they break up with you before Valentine's, and then they come back a week or two later. We play with each other's feelings. And call ourselves good people. And we hurt people. And I've recognized that some of these folks who hurt people are hurting themselves. You've heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. Hurting people, hurt people. People who hurt, hurt others. Love sometimes is not what it is. We want to, we have a romantic notion. Lord Byron and Tennyson. They all wrote poetic stories about love that makes you want to fall in love with just the words. A couple of nights ago, I was watching a movie, and the, the quotation, the, the poetry, I was like, wow, I fell in love with the poetry. And it was Valentine's Day. So love and the feeling of love is catchy. But what is not catchy are the attendant feelings. Let me get into it, because some of the stuff that I took away from the story is, is, is a couple of things that I want to share with you today. And one of them is that we need to be really careful when we say we love people. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to guard ourselves. We need to guard our hearts. we got to recognize that people are not true today. 
And when you find yourself and you're going to invest in someone emotionally, you need to make sure that that person is not going to come around and scream assault or that person is not going to come around and take you for a ride or worse, dump you and leave you high and dry. And how do you know that? Well, be safeguarded. Love is beautiful, but love hurts when it is not reciprocated. Because get me straight, people don't love you and then just walk away without something happening. You can love someone, but they have to hurt you over and over before you walk away. And a lot of people don't recognize that. Y'all are just quiet this morning. Y'all not saying nothing. But if the truth of the matter is, what is love? When does love hurt? In the story of this woman, she loved someone, but then he destroyed her entire career. How is she going to come back from that? A trial of that magnitude is going to be sensational. Whatever she had already accomplished was going to be destroyed as a result of that trial. Do you know that after her death, that same young man is on Instagram professing how much he loved her? If you really had loved her, you would have dropped the darn charges and kept it moving. You didn't love her. You feel you want, he wants to stay in the know. He wants to reap the benefits of her na- of being attached to her name because her name was the powerful one. Her name was the one that had the recognition. So now he wants to be attached to her. So when he goes to the next place, he can get a job. He can get a gig based on that. Love has become currency, y'all. People claim that they love so they, they get married, but they're looking for a tax write-off. Love has become a tax write-off. They tell you they love you. They make you fall in love with the idea of them being in love with you, only to find out that love is a tax write-off. Love is not, uh, 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 is not real. What they're looking for at the end of the year is the IRS giving them a tax refund back. People are also getting married because if they attach themselves to you, they can live in a better neighborhood. They can buy a better car. They would be in a different social circle. And it used to be that that was something back then, but at least there was commitment attached to it. There was loyalty attached to it. Today, there is no commitment and there is no loyalty. It's as if it's vis-a-vis, either or. Nobody cares about anybody. Nobody has any deep feelings for If this guy really cared about her, knowing her public profile, even if she assaulted him, he said assault, even if she assaulted him, you want to tell me that a 40-year-old woman can assault a 27-year-old man? What, you, you were just sitting there and she just, did she use a gun? Did she use a knife? Did she use a whole block, a baseball bat and hit you? Maybe she slapped him because she probably, knowing how people are, he probably was busy texting some young girl and she said, who the hell is that? She has every right to say that because she pays for even the phone that he's using. Right? She pays for the phone, she pays for everything. He's using everything that she has. Right? And then he has the nerve to come back and say, oh, well, you know, she assaulted me. He's still trying to be Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that she has not tried to reap any kind of attachment? She's not overblown with it. Do you all remember what was the name of that girl? Uh, Anna Nicole Smith. You remember her? The young girl who was hired as a 
as a caregiver for this older wealthy man. You all remember that, right? And you remember how she claimed to have loved the man. The man was not even in control of his mental capacity. But she claimed to have loved him while she was giving him bath. Right? And you saw how that destroyed her. She didn't love him. What she loved was his million. And she loved the scandal that erupted. And she loved being in front of the cameras. Because she was this little girl somewhere in Texas, somewhere, that never thought they would have made it out of the cornfield. And she got a chance to be better than her beginnings dictated she would ever be. She could have gone on to college and become even greater and could become a great person. But she wanted the quick solution. <laughs> the quick solution was marrying a man like 50 years older than her who had no capacity to reciprocate the love that she professed to have had. We all saw how that ended. The family made sure she never got a penny out of it because they knew the reality of what that was. That was not love. But yet she was professing how much she loved. No, what she loved, she did get a settlement, but she never got the inheritance that she thought she was going to get. Right? So do you see what I, you see what I'm saying? So so love becomes a conduit to something better. People use love. You see all these men who uh, a friend of mine refers to it as pay to play. That men are willing to pay money to be to have a young woman on their arm, kind of like their arm trophy, their arm candy, and they're willing to pay money for it, and then they claim love. That's not love. That's currency. That's exchange of, of goods and services. That's, it is what it is. The Bible says that love is kind. Love is patient and long-suffering and gentle, does not seek to boast. Love does not exalt itself. It does not deprive itself. It does not hurt itself. We need to go back to those basic tenets of what love is. Even Valentine's Day is overcapitalized. We have commercialized Valentine's Day. So the commodity of love, so love becomes a commodity. We, we attach commodification to everything. We attach commodification to our bodies. Well, if you want this, you have to pay for this. You have to do this and do that. You are going to reap what you sow. There's nothing wrong with saying, if you're going to be with me, these are what I require. But when you attach a commercial value to it, then expect that other things are going to come with it because you become expendable. Love is supposed to be pure. Love is supposed to be kind. Love is supposed to be patient. Love is. Deals with the stuff. You know, we can talk all we want about uh, 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 Hillary Clinton and Bill, but they made a, a, a move. They made a decision that no matter what kind of scandal or whatever uh, sex page Bill does, she was going to stick with it. Hillary said in an interview that what she found at the end of it all was that the best decision she made, the bravest thing she ever did was to stay in her marriage after a scandal. You know what they found after a while? They became each other's best friends. And they found that the love they have for one another and the loyalty they have to one another was greater and better than if they had split apart. That's patience and that is love. 
it stands the test of time, even through scandals, even through disagreements. But first, you have to give someone something to hold on to. If Bill had not given Hillary a commitment, she would not have stayed. But he gave her a commitment. You see what I'm saying? He didn't just cast her aside after the Monica Lewinsky scandal. He begged her and he stayed. Sometimes we allow our egos to get in the way. There are many relationships that have broken up because we have too much ego. Uh, well, she got to beg me to stay and he got to beg me to stay. And he's like, I ain't doing that. I'm a man. I can have anybody I want. I have a whole long list of options. One, two, three, four, five. Well, when you say that to a woman, you know what she's going to tell you? And I am removing myself from your list of options. I'm not on anybody's options list. So if that is good enough for you, you stay in your corner and I will stay all by myself. I was telling my daughter that uh, that I I am 53. I look younger than I have looked. And I know women my age who are married who look like my mother. And I'm like, it's because you're sitting there worried about what your uh, what what your man is doing or what your what your man is not doing, where he is, where's your husband. Ladies, stop that. You can't control anybody in the first place. And all it's going to do is prematurely age you. You age your organs because you're fretting about this and that. You age yourself. You age your stop. Go out and live your best life. Here's what you do. You want a formula of living? Start by loving yourself enough first so that nobody can disturb how you think about yourself. I was in a relationship where I felt like I loved him. But it did not work for me, and it never did. And I had to be honest for myself. It never worked for me. He was never there. He was always he was always an excuse why he was never there for me. He was there for everybody else who called him, but never there for me. I was I got the leftovers, you would say. He was never there. I for me, I'm not a very patient person. But I thought a year and nine months was long enough to make up your mind, right? Then I said, this is it. This is going to age me. This is going to make me not my best self because I have to constantly worry about or find myself constantly thinking about where he is when he's not with me because he would not be faithful. That was not good enough for me. I loved myself enough that I removed myself from something that could have hurt me. At the time, I was vulnerable. I would have just turned 50. So, you know, you tell yourself that, I look at myself and I'm like, stuff will give you high blood pressure. I give you that. So I don't need all that stuff. It's not worth it. Did I love him? Yes, I did. Did he love me? I don't think so. Because the extent to which I found out that I would tolerate his foolishness was the extent to which he did not care one iota about how I feel. I found that there were things I would never do because I cared about how he would feel. I found out he did not think like that about me. The best thing for me to do was to remove myself from it. It was painful because I had to give up on the idea that I loved someone who did not love me in return. But I'm here to tell you that it was way better for me to separate myself from that because I live in peace. I live in harmony with myself, and I don't have to worry or think or be weighted down by someone who does not love me. 
is extremely painful. You give of yourself, pour yourself out to someone who doesn't love you. This is why there is this, you know what I like about the love of God, agape love, the love between God and, and human beings? You know why I like it? Because you can pour yourself out, but the love of God will always be shed abroad on you. The love of God will reciprocate feelings back towards you, and it's demonstrative. I do not understand today why people fail to demonstrate what they say. He did say he loved me, but his actions disproved everything that he said. He did say it, but he never did any of the things, not by my expectations alone, but by anything that the standard of love would dictate that he should. And I stayed silent. I didn't say anything for a whole year and a half. I didn't say anything. I didn't complain. I didn't do anything. Anytime you, for me, when I see myself doing that, that means it's not going to end good for the other person. That means I really know how this is going to end, but I'm giving you the benefit of a doubt. So you hang yourself in it. I gave him all the time and waited, and he still did not. Claims he's disappointed. Disappointed in what? You never loved me, and it was clear. Love means you go the extra mile for someone. You have children, right? Okay. When your child cries, what do you do? Does that spur you into action? Your child comes home and says someone hurt them. What is the first thing you do? You're headed down to the school. Mm-hmm. Right? Your grown child, it's an adult, comes home and talks about something that happened at work, and you find that you're literally calming yourself down. Why? Because you realize that you love your child, right? Love spurs you into action. If someone says they love you, but they're not acting on it, you need to question that. Because love is an action. The love of God says God loves us, so you pray about stuff and you get answers. That's love in action. Somebody over here says they love you, but they continue to do things that hurt you. How is that love? So you get to the point where they'll say, work with me through this. Something is going on. So you look at them and you say, okay, I'm going to take you at your word, and I'm going to work with you. How long do I get to do this for, 35 more years? I've given you 15 already. Love is action. They say love is beautiful. The pure love I've ever seen is the love between a baby and its mother <laughs> when it's two years old, before it realizes that if it throws a fit, mommy will come running. <laughs> that baby knows after a while that if I scream here, sit here and cry long enough, mommy's going to come again. That's when they start discovering. But when they're just born, they'll do anything to please you. If you say, jump, they're like, oh, hi, mommy. If it's your son, he's like, I'm mommy's prince all day. Mommy doesn't need anybody else. All she needs is me. I'm all mommy needs. Get away, dad. Get away, everybody else. I'm all mommy. Outside of that, where is pure love? This is not to say that we're not human. This is not to say that we don't experience hardship. We've got to bear that in mind. When you say you love someone, and then you stop performing the love. You've got to anticipate that that person is going to hurt. You have to anticipate that people have feelings. We're so 
so so we're just so rabid about how we deal with people, and sometimes our actions are so radical. It's almost as if we hate the people we claim to love. How do you love someone but you hurt them? The question that every woman asks is, how do you love me but you sleep with others? I guess men ask that question too. How do you love me but you hurt? Do you know that you sleeping with someone else hurts me? Then how do you tell me you love me? So she might stay with you because the alternative she recognizes is that it's going to hurt her to be away from you. So she stays with you. Maybe she stays with you because of your money. But the question really is, how do you say you love someone and you continue to hurt them? Love does not hurt. Love is kind and gentle. That means that you do something and you are forgiven. That means you do something and there is an explanation that is acceptable. But love does not hurt. Contrary to belief. You see in abusive situations, an intimate partner violence all the time where someone says, but he said he loved me. Well, we tell them, love does not hurt. Love does not slap you around nor beat you up. Love does not play games and rob you of access because you feel like I have power over people. I found in today's world that our ego replaces ourselves. We're no longer conscious of our actions. We're so caught up in our ego and what we look like and how is this going to play out in the media and our image. And so we don't care about people. We don't look at people. We don't think about what your actions mean. So you say, you keep saying, so this young man keeps saying he loved her, but he didn't drop the charges. And he's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't there to hear your story. You heard her story. It is you why she lost her job. (laughs) It is you. You probably knew exactly what you were doing. She's dead now, so she can't give her side of the story. She probably saw you texting someone. She probably talked about it. For the life of me, you were not the primary caregiver. She probably said, it's time for you to go earn some money. You didn't like it. She said, well, you have to go. And that is when you said, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to show you. Initially, when the Harvey Weinstein scandal started, his wife stuck with him. I don't know if she's still there, but she stuck stuck with him throughout it all. Even through the bankruptcy and through all the stuff that he had to go through to divest himself of his assets so he wouldn't lose anything in the scandal. Right? Love in action. What does it look like? Love in action is you are with someone for 27 years and he never married you. And suddenly he gets a life-threatening illness, diagnosis. And he decides to marry you. I don't know if I'm going to stay with him. And then I would be gone. I'm like, now, where was the love? That's love in action. We recently saw a story like that played out where he proposed to her. Took him long enough, 27 years. That's love. Why wouldn't you have married her sooner? But you say you love her. 
why wouldn't you commit? But you say you love her. Is it really love? Or do you like the idea of how she makes you feel? Sometimes we're in love with the idea of love. Sometimes we break up with people and we can't move forward because our heads are still caught up in an act. We're emotionally unavailable. And being emotionally unavailable is hurtful to people whom you attract and whom you engage with. But your head is still messed up. People won't go to therapy. If you want to say you love me, go to therapy. Hey, look at it this way. If you've had a breakup, if you're anybody who was born and has lived, after 35, you need therapy. Go to therapy. Something happened somewhere along the line that you need to get some therapy for. If you had a challenging childhood where your parents broke up or divorced, before you get into a relationship, you need to understand that that is going to impact how you view relationships. If your parents stayed together for 50 years, but it wasn't always love because your dad cheated on your mom or your mom cheated on your dad, still go to therapy. If you yourself had a breakup, go to therapy. Some years ago, I met someone who wanted to to date. But when I started asking tough questions, he became quiet. Turns out that he had been married three times. I said, have you been to therapy? No. I said, why not? Because it was wrong the three times. I said, no, you need therapy. The problem is you. And now you're looking for a fourth one. I said, if all four are going to end the same way, go to therapy. So I asked the next question was, how is your mom? And he didn't answer. And he said, my mom died when I was 17, just before he went to college. I said, that's right there. Is your problem. Go to therapy. I said, that's why you've had three divorces. Go to therapy. You don't act like you want to be part of something because you felt after your mom died that you she abandoned you and you were emotionally connected to her. So now that she's gone, you're playing it out in your other relationships with significant women where you leave them before they leave you. He had never seen it like that. This is somebody who is aware. <laughs> so he's not, he works in a field where he has access to therapy. <laughs> he had never looked at it. So what happens is over time, these feelings don't go away. They sit there like a powder keg. And then one day, something happens. Do you see where I'm coming from? It's important to go get healing after a bad breakup. Go and get therapy. Go talk to someone. I had a double whammy the year my mother died. I broke up with my boyfriend, the man I'm telling you about. I went to therapy. I had to go to therapy to deal with the loss of my mom, and I had to deal with the loss of him. I recognized that I needed healing. I went to therapy. I went to therapy, traditional therapy, and I went to Christian counseling. I took both sides of it so that I could repair myself and be healed. So when I say I'm not ready to be in a relationship, it's because I'm conscious that I don't want to be in one. I don't see anything that is appealing. It tells me I'm going to be successful at it because 
it looks like people don't want to be true. And I don't have the time to waste. I'm not going to mess. I love myself too much to go mess myself up by being with people who don't want to be with me. And that is going to hurt me so much so that I am a mess. I'm not doing that to myself. It's just like when you look at the life of Kate Spade. Remember her? June will be two years since she committed suicide. Right? Her husband wanted to leave from the time she turned 45. And she kept holding on and holding on and holding on. But he wanted to go. She eventually freed him up, she thought, by, by, by killing herself. Right? Because he wanted to go. You can't, when someone wants to go, you need to just let it play out. But you have to ask yourself, what is it going to cost you? Sometimes we're holding on to something that is done. It's over. It's not worth it. If you love yourself enough, you have to let it go. It's not worth it. They need as much healing and therapy as you do. And sometimes maybe it will come back if they are willing to do the work of going to therapy. Then they, while they're in therapy, they will realize where they missed the boat. And they will realize that maybe the way they were looking at something was the wrong way. But most people don't think about going to therapy. They don't want to go to therapy. What is therapy? They don't want that. They want to live their lives out loud. Right? So you have to look at what is it that you want? Do you love yourself enough? I say love is enough when you love yourself and you have the horizontal love that comes down, the vertical love that comes down. The love that is horizontal is what we have. And it's at that intersection of the horizontal where I find myself, where you find yourself, right there in the heart of it, the intersection of vertical and horizontal. That's where we find ourselves. How do we play out this thing called love? When television tells us that Valentine's Day is about wearing sexy underwear and sexy lingerie, and ending up in bed and going out to dinner and spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on buying expensive gifts. And at the end of it all, you're just going to have sex anyway. That is love. So what happens the day after? Well, the day after, love was not enough because this lady took her own life. When she realized she was actually going to live in a world where love was not enough. In a world where no matter how she loved someone or she loved the people who were around her, None of them would reinstate her because she had a trial to go through that was going to damage her profession, that had already damaged her professional reputation. And now suddenly she's looking at it. Love was not enough. She had not come to that intersection of horizontal love and vertical love. When you get to the intersection of vertical and horizontal, you find that there is one piece of wood standing this way and another piece that way. It looks like a cross, doesn't it? Yeah. When you get yourself into the heart of that intersection, you know what you do? Look up. Keep looking up. Years ago, I was married to someone I'm closing. And he told me he loved me. He told me that he would never leave me nor forsake me. But he beat me up. And every time he beat me up, 
he would tell me how much he loved me. I remember, because I can think about it now, one time he beat me up and I had to soak. He filled up a bath with ice cubes so I could lay in the bath because I was bloodied and bruised and battered. And I remember sitting on the edge of the bath and saying to myself, is this love? Is love being beaten? Is love this violence all the time looking at my beautiful body? And I couldn't see myself because I was black and blue. I felt so helpless. I said, this can't be. You know what happened to me that healed me? I came to that intersection where I remember that I used to hear about the love of God. I used to hear how God loved you enough. And I wondered about that. I said, is that love? Is that really love? I came to that intersection. And when I came to that intersection, I looked up. And the more I looked up higher, was the more I began to recognize that what I was experiencing this way was not love. It gave me the strength to pursue a life outside of that physical and emotional violence that was not love. It described and typified my life at that time. And I'm here to say today that when you find yourself questioning if what you have is love, I encourage you to look up. Just keep looking up. Find yourself at that intersection and keep looking up. And if what is reflected back on you does not match what you're experiencing this way, stay right there. Get the strength so that you can eventually separate from what is here that is binding you to something that looks like love, wants to sound like love, but is not love. My prayer for you is that you find this true, pure love, love that is kind, love that doesn't hurt, love that when you think about it, powers you, love that brings a sparkle to your eye, love that makes you smile in anticipation of seeing their face, of knowing that love that makes you feel good, knowing that no matter what, there is someone in this world who loves you enough. You know what I found? (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, for me right now, that love is me. If I continue looking up higher, then I have to do things that are going to be good for me, that keep me so that I no longer will put myself in a place where someone here is going to hurt me by their actions and by their words. My name is Harriet Kamitz. This has been Down to Earth. I trust this program has been a blessing to you. If it has, please go to my website, harrietkamitz.com, as well as go to Anchor FM. Look for my page, Down to Earth with Harriet Kamitz, and become a supporter of our podcast. Our podcast is daily. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as you can find me on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and continue to support our podcast. If this program has blessed you, then share it with someone else. Someone else needs to hear what love does and how love empowers them. I want to thank you so much on this Sunday. It's a big week coming up, and we need to be strong. Let's be strong and love someone. Love. I love you. Thank you so much, everybody. This is Harry Kamek. Be blessed.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.